story I'm going to share tonight is about the previous Rebbe, whose uh, birthday is in this month, month of Tammuz, uh, the 12th of Tammuz, which is also the day the previous Rebbe was redeemed from prison. Uh, what I want to share about is from the early life of the previous Rebbe, who was a child growing up, and a lot of what I'm going to share is from the excellent, excellent article in the, the Hair magazine. When the previous Rebbe was born, uh, the Rebbe Marash. Recording in progress. When the, when the previous Rebbe was born, the Rebbe Marash uh, attended the Shalom Zachar and he said many stories and he mentioned the fact that that year, the year the previous Rebbe was born, like it is this year, the 17th of Tammuz fell out on a Shabbos and it's pushed off till Sunday. So he said that there's a special skula in the year when the 17th of Tammuz fall out, falls out on Shabbos, there's a special school so that it could be pushed off entirely with the coming of Mashiach. So the previous Rebbe was named after his mother's father, Rabbi Yitzhak Yitzhak Avruch, which who was the son of the Tzemach Tzedek. So at the meal by the previous Rebbe's bris, the Rebbe Marash was very happy and he said a lot of stories, he said a discourse and songs. And the previous Rebbe, like every child, cried at the bris. So it's, the Rebbe Marash said, why are you crying? When you grow up, you will be a Rebbe and you will say Hasidus clearly. So when the previous Rebbe was three years old, he would sleep in the same room that the Rebbe Rashab, his father, would study together with the famous Chassid, Rabbi Yaakov Motl of Bezpilov. And one night, the Rebbe Rashab and the previous Rebbe are studying together, and the Rabbi Yaakov Motl tells the Rebbe Rashab that from the light in the previous Rebbe's face, you could see the purity of his, of his thoughts. You could see from the light in his face how um, how his thoughts are. So the um, Rebbe Rashab said that he wanted to kiss him and he remembered that when karbanis, when sacrifices were offered in the Beis HaMikdash, that besides the sacrifices, people would also give gold and silver to take care of the needs of the Beis HaMikdash. So the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab said that instead of actually kissing him, he's going to give him a Hasidic kiss. And he wrote down the Mimer, Ma Rab Masach. A similar story happened in my family. My grandfather's father was, um, what was the story? He was in Yechidus with the previous Rebbe, and he was upset that he lost in a dream. He had a dream about a gold coin that he had in his dream. And no, it was, it was by the Rebbe. It wasn't by the previous Rebbe. He was by the Rebbe and he, he had a dream about a gold coin. He lost a coin in his dream. And the Rebbe gave him a, coin, a, a discourse of the, pre, of the previous Rebbe about divine providence. And he said, this should be the gold coin. And those those are in the golden rendel. Anyway, so this discourse by Rabbi Masacha, I don't know which discourse the Rebbe gave him, but this discourse also talks about divine providence. The Rebbe Rashab wrote it then. And then eight years later, 
he gave him the gift of this discourse, but he didn't tell him the origin of why he wrote the discourse and how he came to give it to him. And only four, and only, um, uh, four years later, after giving it to him, he told him the story of how he had written this discourse as a, as a Hasidic kiss. I heard from Rabbi Yossi Jacobson that it's not like, you think like it's like so impersonal, instead of kissing him, he wrote a discourse, but he, he explained beautifully that it's not that the previous Rebbe was denied love from his father and he wrote a discourse instead. Rather, the Rebbe Rashab immortalized the kiss. Instead of just a one-time kiss, he gave him from his, from his core and bonded with him in a much deeper way that, that's beyond, our, beyond the relationship of father and son. Anyway, so the previous Rebbe said a lot of stories about his childhood years, and he, had, he wrote down um, all the stories that he heard from the Hasidim and from his grandmother. Every single day, the previous Rebbe would visit his grandmother, Rebbe Tzinrifka, who was an expert, not just in, in, in the, the method of sharing a story, but in all the details of the stories that she shared, she, she knew so many stories that until her passing, the previous Rebbe would continuously go to her and she would always not just share the story, but also the background, the details. And the previous Rebbe uh, spent a lot of time writing down the stories that he heard. In fact, the Rebbe Rashab would, would often ask the previous Rebbe, from time to time, he said, What do you remember? And when he, the Rebbe Rashab wanted him to remember the things that he saw in his younger years. And when he would describe to his father, the Rebbe Rashab, what he saw, like for example, he described the meal of a Shabbos or Yantiv, his father would explain what he saw. So that he was able to grasp on his level the meaning of what he had seen. And so the, um, so the, the Rebbe Rashab would continuously ask him this question so he should always remember the things that he saw as a child. So because of this question, he, has a whole, he had a whole section in his diary called, titled, Vos Gedengstu, what do you remember? So this question um, enabled him to really have a rich description of all the things that he heard and he, the previous Rebbe writes about many teachers that he had and how they all shared with him stories of the Alter Rebbe and the Mittler Rebbe and before, and how he always recorded everything that, that he heard. And, and the uh, previous Rebbe and our Rebbe also said the same thing, we should do the same thing as ourselves. We hear stories from older Chassidim, we shouldn't just like hear it and you know, move on, but, but, but to take, take it to heart and to put it on paper and to remember it. The previous Rebbe said that he had a teacher called Yabikusil, who, whenever he gave a parable, the parable was so vivid that whenever, like the, let's say the parable was about a horse or something, whenever he would see a horse, he would think about the meaning of the parable, and this horse represents whatever he had heard from, from Rebbe Kassil, because the parables of Rebbe Kassil were so vivid. And the previous Rebbe describes how his uh, various teachers gave him different, different kinds of insight in life. For example, he had one teacher named Rebbe Zusha, and Rebbe Zusha taught the class uh, before Shavuos in the year 1889 about the giving of the Torah. And he invited the class to come early 
to a certain synagogue the next morning to experience the giving of the Torah. So the previous Rebbe said that when his mother woke him up the next morning, sorry, when he woke up the next morning, and his mother said, why don't you have some breakfast? He said, no, I cannot eat before the giving of the Torah. And they gathered together in the shul, and they daven together, and then they walked together with their teacher of Zusha. There's another teacher that the previous Rebbe had who actually is buried in my hometown in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, Ramesha ben Yamin. Ramesha ben Yamin was the previous Rebbe's, uh, uh, he would test the previous Rebbe in his Mishnayas. The uh, Rebbe Rashab would give the previous Rebbe uh, money as a reward for, him, for memorizing Mishnayas. And there's a famous uh, story of the previous Rebbe when he was 11 years old how he would use the money to lend people money for their business. And the previous Rebbe would go out in the marketplace and he would uh, collect, he had a whole list of people he had lent money and, and people who needed to, still needed to pay back. And one of his clients was a certain Reb David, who was a uh, butcher. And when the previous Rebbe was in the marketplace, he saw a policeman approach Reb David and he hit him. So the previous Rebbe screamed out at the police officer, you despicable drunk, and he pushed the police officer. So the police officer arrested the previous Rebbe and he accused the previous Rebbe of ripping off his badge. So the previous Rebbe was sent into jail and the previous Rebbe said that when he was in jail, he first thought that he should say uh, the... the, the um, at first he thought he should say additional prayers that we say of supplication on, on, on hard times. And then he thought to himself on the contrary. He is sitting in the same place that where the Alt-Rebbe and the Mitzvah-Rebbe and Samach Tzedek were. He is also continuing in their tradition of having sacrifice for, for Judaism. And so he, he, on the contrary, he shouldn't say Tachlun. He shouldn't say the confessionary prayers at all because it's like a celebration. He's, he's, he's in their place. He's also having sacrifice for helping another Jew. Anyways, the previous Rebbe is in jail and he hears in the corner of the jail a soft animal-like sound. He had a match in his pocket and he saw there was a small calf in the corner of the cell. And the whole time that he was in prison, he was reviewing the Mishnayis that he memorized. And finally, his uncle, Reb Zalman Aaron, who was very connected to the Russian government, the police, he comes to uh, bail out the previous Rebbe, and as they're leaving, he sees that Reb David the butcher was attempting to refute a, refute a claim from the, uh, from the constable in this, in this police station that he had stolen a calf from Reb Mayor the butcher. So when the previous Rebbe was picked up by Reb Mordechai Zilberbord, who was an assistant of Reb Zalman Aaron, and he, um, he told Reb Mordechai about his imprisonment. Now there was a calf in the prison, and that's probably the calf that they're accusing Reb David of stealing from, from Reb Meir. And Reb Meir, Reb Mordechai went back to the police office and he called the mayor, and the mayor came, and uh, and they discovered that indeed that this police officer had 
had totally uh, done the opposite. He had he had accused Reb David of stealing the calf when he himself had stolen the calf. And uh, when the previous Rebbe came home, the Rebbe Rashab said to him, you could see how good it is to memorize Mishnayis. If you did not memorize Mishnayis, how would you be different than the calf of Meir the Butcher while you sat in prison? But because you knew Mishnayis, he memorized them by heart, the hours of, the imprison- of imprisonment passed with the words of Torah and prayer. And this is the advantage of a man over an animal. So this was when he was 11 years old, and he stood up to this police officer at the age of 11. Um, the, um, the Reb Rashab appointed a certain Reb Shimshin to teach the previous Rebbe. Reb Shimshin had received a bracha from the Tzemach Tzedek for success in educating people. And this Reb Shimshin was a bit of a rough man, but uh, he was a very good he was successful in, in teaching the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe writes the, 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 the virtues and efficiencies of each of his teachers. An integral part of his education came from his father, the Rebbe Rashab. The He said how the Rebbe Rashab would watch with an open eye and use every method of guidance and education to help him develop his own capabilities and to instill good character in him. The Rebbe Rashab once told the previous Rebbe, to say a bracha on his tzitzis. So the previous Rebbe said, I already said a bracha on my tzitzis. So Rebbe Rashab gave him a, the only time, gave him a light slap on his cheek and said to him, when I tell you to do something, you should listen. So the previous Rebbe responded, if I have to make a bracha for Hashem, I did. But if I make a bracha for, for because you told me to, so Rebbe Rashab answered, the bracha you need to make because Hashem said so. However, a father must supervise his child and therefore, his words have to be listened to. The previous Rebbe took his father's health very personally as a child. He felt like his father's health was his responsibility, and if he would act better, that would help his father's health. And the Rebbe Asha would often go to Yalta, to a sort of a health resort, because of, um, to, because of challenges in his own health. And he went to Yalta when the previous Rebbe once was six years old. The previous Rebbe was a little bit upset about it. He says, but who's going to teach me Chumash? Who will tell me stories? Who will I be able to play with? I have my friends in the Chedim. Who will I play with over there? The Rebbe Hashab heard the commotion and he told the previous Rebbe, don't worry. Rebbe Shneir Islam will come with us. He will teach you. He will tell you stories. And if you act nicely, I'll tell you stories too. So they came and the Rebbe Rashab and his family went out to Yalta. They came together with many chassidim, as well as with the previous Rebbe's grandmother, Rebetzin Rivka. So a few days into their journey, they stopped by a cave, and the or the area surrounded by tall rocks. It wasn't exactly a cave. And at that place, they stopped at Davin, and they had similarly stopped there a few years before. Rebbe Hashab showed his son that he'd made an inscription on a stone in that same place years before when they had prayed there before. And on the stone it said, I prayed Shachar's here. I learned chapter 23 of Tractate Kalim on the Thursday of Parsha Shreftim, the 4th of Elul in the year uh, 1883. Anyways, they spent time 
in Yalta, and the Rebbe Shab would take walks with the previous Rebbe on the mountains and share with him stories of the Tzadikim and Go'inim the Chassidim. The Rebbe Shab didn't tell anyone who he was, but the community in Yalta sensed that he wasn't a regular person. On the first night of Rosh Hashanah, as a customer is by the Rebbeim, the uh, Rebbe Rashab davened at great length. And in general, our Rebbeim uh, said that we should pay attention the first night of Rosh Hashanah, not to speak any extra words. And in general, the, the, their davening was unusually long uh, on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. So the Rebbe Rashab was davening for a very long time. And the Shamish, who the caretaker of the synagogue, he told the non-Jew who was, um, we usually put out, would put out the, the candles when he came, he told him, don't put out the candles. And the Rebbe Hashab continued to dive in there for many hours. And when the Shamish returned after he finished his meal, many, many hours later, he returns to the synagogue, he sees the Rebbe Hashab is still there. And the non-Jewish caretaker is standing there crying and crying. And the the uh, Shamish, the Jewish caretaker, he asked the non-Jew, what's going on? So the non-Jew said, I'm used to seeing people praying with happiness and joy, but this rabbi is shaking like a candle. He reminded me of all my troubles in my life. And so because the people of the city in Yalta saw how special Rebbe Shab was, they honored him to do Mafta um, Yona on, on Yom Kippur. That Yom Kippur, the Rebbe Shab was studying with a teacher, the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Schneir. The Rebbe Hashab told the previous Rebbe, he's six years old, he said, one, whoever holds on to the Rebbe's door handle will see success in all of his endeavors. So the previous Rebbe said, I want to hold on to the Rebbe's door handle. Where is the door handle? So the Rebbe Hashab said, Davin with the words of the Alter Rebbe, the Nusach of the Alter Rebbe, from the Siddur, without any mistakes, that's the Rebbe's door handle. So the previous Rebbe said that when he was a very young, he knew how to read, and his teacher wasn't so careful with him to read from the Siddur. So he said a lot of his prayers by heart. That's why his father said, Davin from the Siddur, without mistakes, that's how you hold on the Rebbe's door handle, and that's how you'll see success. So they were there for, for, from Rosh Hashanah um, until after Pesach, and the... Um, at the Friedrich Rebbe's um, bar mitzvah, uh, he began putting on tefillin two years before his bar mitzvah. And no one knew about this, this was a secret. And publicly, he put on tefillin two months before his bar mitzvah on the 11th of uh, Iyar. The Rebbe Hashab said a discourse at the, at, the, at, the, at the bar mitzvah, and the Hasidim talked about the... Uh, the various um, levels of man that he discussed at the Mitzvah. He spoke about the power of the age of Mitzvah, becoming a man, and the different titles the Torah uses for man, Adam, Ish, Enish, Gever. And the Hasidim spoke and, and, and had a, a, disc, a great a disc, um, for bringing discussing the various levels of what man is about. Anyways, the um, Rebbe Rashab told the previous Rebbe in honor of Mitzvah, he should memorize three discourses. Is one of them, the longer one, it was one short one and two long ones. The long one, he was to repeat in front of the caver by the ohel of the Tzemach Tzek Arash. And the shorter one, he, one of them by his bar mitzvah, 
And the other long one it was confidential, and he was to repeat that at, at privately. So a few days before the Ramitzvah, the previous Rebbe said the Mimer by heart, and when he finished, he sensed that his father had a question for him. But at that moment, instead of his father asking the question, someone walked in, and the Rebbe the Shab didn't ask the question. When the person left, the previous Rebbe asked his father, what did you want to ask him? What do you want to ask me? The Rebbe Rashab didn't answer. So the previous Rebbe continued saying the Mimer. The Mimer was, starts with the words, they go down to seas and ships. And the, um, and when the, when the previous Rebbe started to say the Mimer, he saw his father's lips tremble. And he asked the previous Rebbe, when did you see my father, the Rebbe Marash? The Rebbe Marash had already passed away. So the previous Rebbe responded, I saw him on Friday before Shabbos while I was awake, which in general, that's a, a higher level of a vision. There are different kinds of vision, but seeing a tzaddik after their passing while awake is a much higher level of connection. So the, the previous Rebbe is 13 years old, and the Rebbe HaShab is listening to him say a discourse they had heard from the Rebbe Marash. He asked the previous Rebbe, when did you hear this? The previous Rebbe said, I heard this on Friday before Shabbos. And he finished saying this, um, this discourse. The, they both went to the Ohel, and when they sent out, the Rebbe Rashab told the previous Rebbe the, the, the words that we said tonight in Vidim The Malach, the angel, was delivered me from all evil. May he bless the child. And he mentioned the name of the previous Rebbe and the name of the, his father. So the previous Rebbe asked the Rebbe Rashab, if Yaakov was so humble, why did he start with himself? So the Rebbe Rashab responded, because a person has to always start with what's closest to them. Anyways, the, I just want to share one more account of the previous Rebbe's childhood, which I think is very relevant to each of us, as we're preparing for the third of Tammuz, the Rebbe's day, next Shabbos. When the previous Rebbe said that when he was a child, he used to love to go to the study of his grandfather, the Rebbe Marash. He used to sit in one of the big chairs in the room, and he used to think about the stories he had heard from Rabbi Chana Chandel, Rabbi Kassiel. And one day, it was a summertime in uh, 1887, he was sitting deep in thought, and he's thinking about a story he had heard from Rabbi Handel, Rabbi Handel Kugel, who was, a, uh, was one of his teachers, a, a t- man who was blessed with a very unusual kind of heart, to the extent that the Rebbe Rashab said that the whole yeshiva that he had made, which thousands of students have studied in, was made, it, was worth, it would have been worth it just to produce a student like Rabbi Handel Kugel because of his incredible, sensitive, and giving heart. Anyways, Rabbi Handel Kugel had told the previous Rebbe and, and the other boys in the class the story of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, after he passed away, would continue visiting his family every Shabbos, and they would continue to make Kiddush. So the previous Rebbe is sitting in the chair, in the study of the Rebbe Marash, and he's thinking about the story. And as he's envisioning the story, he's thinking about how Rabbi Huda Nasi is coming to his family to make Kiddush, he thought to himself, surely my Zayda, the Rebbe Marash, visits his room every Shabbos or every day. And he also remembered that Rabbi Chanech Handel had told him that 
tzaddikim are greater when they pass away, greater than, greater than when they're alive. So he envisioned, sitting there in a chair, the life of a tzaddik in Gan Eden, and how the neshama of the Rebbe Marash, after he passed away, must be even greater than the way he was when he was alive. So as he's sitting in the chair, he closed, his eyes are closed, and he's deep in his thoughts, he suddenly hears a soft voice of crying and heartfelt whispers. He opens his eyes, and he sees the following. The Rebbe Rashab was standing across the desk, across from the desk of his father, Rebbe Marash. He's wearing his Shabbos clothing. He's wearing his Shabbos shtreimel, his Shabbos hat. He's wearing a gartel around his waist, as if he's praying. He's reading from a note he's holding in his hands, and he's reading it, and he's crying softly. So the previous Rebbe said, I was so shocked, I, I quietly left the room. So that's uh, what the previous Rebbe shared, and the Rebbe um, spoke about the story, and how uh, a tzaddik's place never loses its holiness. And just like we learned in the Torah this week about Kalev, that Kalev was afraid that he would um, lose his, um, he, would, he would make a mistake in, his, uh, in, the, in the mission that Moshe Rabbeinu had sent him on. So he went to the Ohel, he went to the graveside of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. He prayed there. So to the Rebbe, the Rebbe said that we, in order to strengthen ourselves, in our connection to the Rebbe, we have to do the same. We have to go to the Ohel of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, it, just like the words that Torah uses about Kali visiting the Ohel of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, He's doing lishtateach. Shateach also means to lie flat on the floor. So although that's not the custom, of course, but what that means is when you lie on the floor, your face, your head, and your feet are level with each other, which emphasizes this idea of being totally devoted that your mind and your feet are, 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 are parallel to each other. There's no difference between the mind and, and, and the feet. So on a spiritual level, the idea of... Um, of Going to the oil means to to connect with the Rebbe and devote yourself to, to his mission and, and, and ask Hashem for to be successful in as Kalev did to not to be this uh, not to be seduced uh, by the uh, by by our tendencies in our mind to to rationalize things and to cut corners and so just like Kalev did this the Rebbe said that we should do the same and those who can't the Rebbe said also when you study the Torah of the Rebbe. Even though you're not actually visiting, just studying the Torah of the Rebbe, that also has, gives you that strength to be able to fulfill the mission that the Rebbe entrusted you with. And the truth is, the, the, the Rebbe said that every single Jew in our generation is a shliach, an emissary. And just like we were reading the Torah this week about how the spies went to Israel and they had a mission and they and they uh, were, were not successful in their mission, but they were empowered of Meish Rabbeinu to do their mission, so too we have to realize each of us is empowered by the Rebbe to do the mission that Hashem has ordained for our, the soul of each person. And we have to have, not like be, not learn, learn from the spies what not to do, to have absolute faith in Hashem and, uh, and, and to gain strength in Hashem this week, either by visiting the Rebbe in the Ohel, or by visiting the Rebbe spiritually by studying the Torah of the Rebbe. And that's one to share. Any questions, comments? Alright. Al Kitavach, Rabbi Yitzchok, Dwach Yehuda, Dwach David, Dwach Rabbero, Dwach Bhodavir.